On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the left wing. Well, they've done it. Munster have won the URC final. They've beaten the defending champions, the Stormers, 19 points to 14 in Cape Town this evening. It's Munster's first trophy since 2011. It's Peter O'Mahony's first time lifting a cup as Munster captain. The Munster tries came from Dermot Barron and Calvin Nash in the first half. And then John Hodnett scored the game-winning try five minutes Time. Well, Rory O'Connor is one of those inside the DHL stadium uh, to witness this momentous occasion for Munster. Rory, Munster, the underdogs going into this final, they had to go to the home of the defending champions to do it. They did it. First trophy since 2011. Uh, what an achievement by Munster. It's amazing, Sinead. I'm just looking down at the pitch and John Klein's got his baby in his arms. The players are kind of just lingering on the pitch with the, you know, there's a small, it's not a small, there's about 2,000 Munster fans in the stadium. But in the context of like this arena, this 55,000 arena that was the noise levels when the Stormers had any momentum was incredible, but they're all gone. So it's just empty apart from these little pockets of red. And down on the pitch, the Stormers players are kind of lingering in disbelief. And the Munster players, they're probably in disbelief in some ways as well. I can hear the fields of Attenry ringing out. They've just been playing zombie. It's a special day for the province. They've had so many hard days. They've had tragedy they've had to deal with in the last decade. They've had so many difficult days where we've hammered them over the years. You know, they've, they've lost games they should have won. They've lost games they just didn't perform in. They've lost finals, semi-finals. And yet this season, when no one... Like, I went on national radio and said they weren't going to qualify for Europe. So I was one of those who wrote them off. I've never been so happy to be proven wrong. They've... They've earned this the hard way. They've gone to to, to, to uh, Cape Town, Durban, Glasgow, Dublin, and back to Cape Town in their last uh, five games. They were in Durban, the, the one before that. Six away games in a row. Graham Roundtree reckons they've covered 100,000 kilometres in, in the last couple of weeks. And here they are with the trophy in their arms, having come from behind again with that John Hodden a try in the last couple of minutes having got Jack Crowley Simbin in the closing stages and had to defend their line once again and come up trumps. It's an amazing story, um, an amazing chapter in Munster's history. And like, I know, what was it Andrew Porter said, that you don't get any stars for URC titles. Well, this, I think they'll value every bit as much as any of their European titles because it's been so long and this tournament's really worth winning now. That was a tough game, great final, great performance. Um, amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, I see your Andy Farrell adversity and raise you the Munster um, adversity. But we just saw like the trophy lift there. Peter O'Mahony 
lovely touch having Keith Earls lift the trophy there beside him. I must admit, when Peter Matty went off after a half an hour, it reminded me of James Ryan going off, you know, for Leinster the, uh, last week and how that would affect uh, the management of the game. But they got through it. And as you wrote this morning about O'Mahony, my goodness, if there is one guy you want to see lift a trophy for what he has done for his province, it's Peter O'Mahony. Yeah, and I just saw about five minutes ago, he went up to the stand just before he lifted the trophy and got his dad down, who's like, you know, anywhere I go with a Munster away trip or an Ireland away trip, you know, John O'Mahony's always there. He's rooted in Cork Con. Lovely moment where he embraced his dad. You know, just the families of all the players are here. And O'Mahony, he was brilliant for that half an hour. I know he threw the forward pass that, that, that saw the try chalked off, but he was really, really good. He was abrasive. He performed. He said yesterday, there's no point in me thinking about the moment at the end. I've got to think about the performance. He's brought a lot of what he's kind of taken from that Ireland camp into this setup. He's driven it. But the difference, I think, between Munster this week and Leinster last week, in some ways, was the quality of the replacement because they were able to go to their bench and bring on Orgy Snyman, who was immense. And, like, <laughs> Munster kind of, the game kind of slipped away from them after that. Like, they had the first half an hour, they had dominance and they should have been further ahead. But it was a different game after that, not just because Amani had gone off, but they, they kind of lost that momentum. But Snyman made so many big tackles, so many big plays. He was so powerful across the game. And he, he, you know, he repaid it. He's had such a tough time with injury. And Munster stood by him when he's repaid that loyalty in spades today, um, having made a big impact. And they had big performances across the park, like Gavin Coombs with that, like, you know, that despairing hand that he stuck out to, to, in, the, in the key moment where he got that hand on the ball up close to Craig Casey. And they went and they scored a try off it. And, the, you know, when, when they needed a play, he popped up with it. He's been one of their best players all year. John Klein, we talked about him yesterday. He was immense. He got through a mountain of work. Um, Hodnett was brilliant and he took his try really, really well. And they were brave. Every, like, you know, everything they talked about in the build up, their bravery in possession was so admirable. They weren't afraid to box kick. There was a bit of Van Grand rugby in there and it worked. But when they want, when they needed to, they put it through the hands. Their forwards passing, their accuracy. Guys who, look, you know, John Klein's a classic example. Like, his skill set wasn't good enough for years. And in the years of coaching and a big focus being put on it and a bit of trust being put in him, he's turned into a different player. And I think he's one of the players today. Like, I kind of picked the 45-man squad for the training camp, for Ireland's training camp the other day. But I think him, uh, maybe um, Calvin Nash, they may have moved Andy Farrell's dial today. Like, that, he could be right back in there. Four years after his last cap at the last World Cup, he could have got himself in there. Like, Jack Crowdy was immense. I thought his, he did his World Cup credentials, no harm at all. I mean... You could name all of them. It was a really, really big performance across the board, a really impressive um, showing in a final. And they needed to be because it was such a tough game. Yeah, it was incredibly tough. And you mentioned there, obviously, the replacements um, who came on. But obviously, the character that Munster showed um, when they went two points down to the Stormers, when they came back into the game, the character they showed to go ahead to get that try, uh, 75 minutes on the clock, it was a brilliant team try. Um, Hodnett, as you said, finishing it off, and it was it was outstanding. It really was. Um, and I mean, there was a lot of adversity in that. You know, it's, I know it's the magic word of Irish rugby at the moment, <laughs> but in that second half, you know, there was the yellow card. They had to defend their line a couple of times. They, like, you know, like the Leinster game, uh, sorry, unlike the Leinster game, I mean, the Stormers had a lot of ball in that second half and they got into Munster's territory a few times and really struggled to break Munster down. I mean, they made, you know, Fekato made a big play on his own line. Um, Coombs made a big play. You know, there, there was just moments across the board where, where Munster needed someone to do something and they all stepped up. And then when they went up, I thought they made a mistake when they were down to 14 men with Haley in the bin. They had a penalty that was kickable. They went to the yeah. corner and went offside at the mall. I thought with, with 14 men, they should have gone to the posts. But they didn't... 
you know, it was a bit like the Leinster game a couple of weeks ago. That was that's their philosophy now. They went for it, didn't come off, but it didn't break them. You know, they were still strong. They stayed, they stayed in it. They just needed that it, that that moment. And when Coombs got the block, Casey returned it. Feck, uh, Earls made a, a big carry where he just refused to go down, and eventually they got numbers up on the left, and Hodnett was able to cross. It was really good skills. Really, I think uh, Snyman had a big role in that as well. He made a couple of big carries. There was one stage Evan Roos ran into Snyman, and he, I swear, a table mountain moved. It was such a big collision. The hits across the board. This Stormers team are huge. They're enormous, enormous men. It's it, it, the press box here is quite low down. To see them up close is quite impressive. I mean, you can't discount also the fact that the crowd was so heavily stacked against them. The ref was spooked by it. A couple of decisions went didn't go away. Coombs had a try chalked off. I thought it was a try. He had a perfectly good poach that, that that went against them. There was a knock on that nearly led to a Stormers try or sorry forward pass that was completely missed. A load of big calls went the the home team's way, and maybe that's what you get when you've got fifty three thousand to fifty five backing you, but. Munster didn't let it get to them. They didn't complain. They just kept going, kept going, kept going. And that's why they've got that big trophy now to bring home. And I don't know how they're going to get it on the plane. It's massive. Well, as it turned out, they didn't um, F them up in the end. But let's just look back at that first half, which Munster completely dominated. And it just wasn't reflected on the scoreboard. They were excellent. They responded well to that opening try by Manny Libok. After five minutes, uh, Dermot Barron got, got a try off a line-up mode four minutes later. The Stormers went down to 14 players, Roos with the yellow card. And as you said, during this period, Munster had tries chalked off, including that Gavin Coombs effort, which was adjudged to have been a, a double movement. But then at the 29th minute, lovely crossfield kick by Jack Crowley. Calvin Nash, who, who I thought was superb in this game, they defended well uh, towards the end of the first half, led by five points at halftime, 12 points to seven. But the worry inside you almost at that time was, um, would this come back to bite them, that they, the scoreboards did not reflect their dominance in that first half? Yeah, and it looked like it might have done. You know, it did look like the at times in that second half it was starting to slip away from them and the Stormers had a lot of ball in Munster's half but yeah to take it back to that first half I thought tactically they got it really really spot on I thought it was a, a bit of a coaching masterclass by Roundtree, Prendergast, Leamy and Kiriakou they got their preparation right they identified a weakness in the Stormers we said we couldn't or sorry we said Munster couldn't kick loosely to the, to the Stormers well they didn't they, they put up contestables and Shane Daly, Calvin Nash and Mike Haley made big plays under the high ball they kind of got away with a few. They kind of ran into Valencia a few times, but kind of took the space away from them. Um, and they got a lot of territory out of it. And then when they had the ball, they played. They played really, really good stuff. They, they were courageous with ball in hand. They pushed passes that, that previously they might not have pushed. And they, they got their reward. But, it, yeah, it didn't look like it was going to be enough reward. It did look like maybe they hadn't got enough um, points on the board. But a bit like that semi-final against Leinster, and even the Glasgow game was a different game because of the red card, but certainly the semi-final against Leinster, Against the champions in their home ground, when everything was going against them, they managed to find a way up the pitch and they struck. And you were wondering, would Crowley drop into the pocket? Because it was only a two-point lead, but it was I early. Was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't. They kept playing. They didn't need it. And eventually they, they, they broke them wide open. So, you know, the way they've done it, and like you've got to think that uh, 2015, they were in a final up in, Ulster, up in Belfast against Glasgow. Didn't play. Didn't fire a shot. Got hammered. 17, uh, Scarlett to Viva. Didn't play. Didn't fire a shot. Got hammered. 21, they went to the RDS and got steamrolled by Lencer. Never fired a shot, didn't play, got hammered. Well, even if they came out on the wrong side, they would have walked away with a real sense of that they gave it everything here, that they threw everything at the Stormers. And it was enough. And they're, yeah. they're, they've broken their duck. They've Next season, they, they come in as champions. They don't have to worry about finishing their careers without medals because they all have a medal now. Um, Earls may not be there next year. He's finally, you know, I know he has the Heineken Cup from 08. He was on the bench that day. He was there in 11. 
but all of that stuff is gone. That baggage is lifted. You know, whereas Leinster now are the ones who haven't won nothing for a couple of years. Munster can now build from this, and they've got really good young players making really important plays at big moments in finals. Like the possibilities now for Munster to go and challenge Leinster and to go and be a force are there. They still have a way to go, but like they've got this in the bag now. It's such a massive moment for the club. Yeah, and you mentioned there, obviously, the masterclass by the coaching team. I mean, we must remember Graham Roundtree's. This is his first season in charge. And I remember talking to Dennis Leamy before the start of the season, and he said they have to earn the right to talk about trophies. And I think he said during the week that they had, weren't thinking about talking about trophies. But, I mean, here we are now, and we saw in that outstanding semi-final win over Leinster as well, the blossoming of their play, Mike Prendergast. I mean, we can see, like, this is a team, as you say, it feels like the start of something now, doesn't it? and like going into next season and what these coaches have done with this team already after one season? Well, like six or seven weeks ago, they looked like they weren't going to qualify for the Champions Cup and maybe squeeze into the playoffs in eight. Um, and that was real. Like that was, the, that was the position they were in and they ended up getting the win here, then going to Durban and getting a draw, a really hard-fought draw that really the Sharks should have won. Sharks went, I don't know what happened to them that day, they imploded. And suddenly Munster were fifth. You know, they got the Europe. They were kind of, like, they rejected the idea that this is bonus territory, but they kind of achieved their primary aim. But rather than kind of, like, last season, I was at their semi-final up in, or the quarter-final up in Belfast, and they just didn't, didn't even turn up. They may as well knock on up the road. They may as well just hand, like, they were so bad that day. Whereas this year, they went to Glasgow, took on a team that had absolutely ripped them to shreds in, in, in Limerick about four weeks beforehand, and destroyed, you know, didn't destroy, sorry, they, they, in a really physical game, they went away to a difficult opponent, and they won the game. Then they go to Dublin. So they like they seize their opportunity and like like careers are short. You know, they've only been in three finals since 2011. So you've got to take the opportunity when it's in front of you because you don't know when you're going to get back there again. And, and that's why this was such an important and, and impressive performance because they, they did seize it. You know, they, they took the, the game by the scruff of the neck and they kind of went, it doesn't matter that we finished fifth. It doesn't matter that we lost to the Dragons in the regular season and, and, and only didn't get a bonus point against Zebra and everyone was panning us. And, and like, deservedly so. I'm sure they were panning themselves, even though they knew that the process would come good. And I think everyone recognised that they were trying to change things and they would get there. It was just, the fear was they wouldn't get there in time for this season and they'd be in the Challenge Cup next year. Whereas now, they're the champions. And it doesn't matter what you do from round one to 18... As if you go and win your three knockout games, you're the champions. You're the best team. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the best team in the URC or not. You're the, you're the one who won the knockout games when the stakes are high. And they'll take so much satisfaction from the, the, the cup rugby they've played in the last couple of weeks. Just a quick one, obviously, on the wider picture here. I mean, doom and gloom after Leinster's loss last week. This win, this win by Munster is something Irish rugby needed in the context of the World Cup coming up later this year. Yeah, like, you know, whether it has a knock-on effect in camp in three weeks' time when they come back for pre-season, who knows. But certainly, it, it's it's a positive that they've gone to the home of the best South African franchise and beaten them. You know, they, they, their scrum held up against the three, uh, you know, pretty much you know the Springboks front row, give or take. Um, Bongi Manambi might be in ahead of uh, Joseph Dweeba. But, you know, these things... I don't know whether they'll have a massive importance, but certainly from a feel-good factor point of view, I'm sure the Leinster players and fans, you know, I don't know how they'll feel about it, whether it's a feel-good moment for them, but I think most people do. Few people will begrudge Leinster, or sorry, Munster this win today. Um, I think it just, as I said earlier, it enhances some of their players' chances of making that squad because Andy Farrell's naming it in a couple of days and, you know, he he, he likes big moments from big players. Like, he, he cherishes these things like he, he will really admire I think what Munster have done in the last three games so it will help them and yeah look it's not going to do anyone any harm 
it's a great it's great that Irish rugby has a winner and it's not Leinster in a way because they've been so dominant for the last decade. It's great that Munster are back at dining at the top table and that next season, you know, even the Munster Leinster derbies will have a bit more bite to them because Munster are the champions. I think it just adds you know, it, it makes it more interesting. And that's that can only be good for those of us who talk about rugby, those of us who watch rugby. And, you know, the competition in, in, in camp will be good as well. So, yeah, like, not going to affect, it's hard to know, but it can't do any harm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, well, Rory, thanks a million for that. Enjoy Cape Town tonight. Thank you very much. Okay, great stuff. Well, I'm sure the Munster squad and fans who made the trip over there will certainly celebrate that first trophy since 2011 as well. And what a homecoming it'll be as well for Munster. Congratulations to Munster. What a win to finish the season. Will and Luke will be back next next week to go back over that winning performance. That's it from us. Thanks for listening. This is an Irish independent podcast.